using social media. What works? What's new? Advice? Trends and insight. From the creative team at Hubbard Interactive, it's the social feed. Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. We are coming at you from the snowy Hubbard Broadcasting Studios in the Twin Cities, as usual. Uh, how was your guys' weekend with the snow? <laughs> Stayed in a lot. <laughs> not, not a lot of activity. I was pretty lucky. I uh, went to visit my dad in Florida, oh. which actually was a nightmare coming home, though. Ooh, didn't get yeah. home until 1 a.m., but... Uh, I got to avoid the snow, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah. So, um, so we're dealing with snow, um, in April, which is great. Uh, but we want to thank you guys for listening, and we are going to talk about influencer marketing today. We have with us Eric Sanchez. Yes. Hello. <laughs> hello, Eric. Hi. <laughs> and as always, our producer Wheeler. Hello. Hello. So, a few things we always like to start off the top of the hour with talking about, you know, what's going on in the news right now regarding social media, and the biggest thing that happened this past weekend was. Coachella. 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 <laughs> Beachella, actually. Yes. Yes. Beachella. Um, with, so Beyonce was played at Coachella, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I watched some of the Instagrams. Desi's child came back together. Yep. 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 So my childhood the dreams coming only. true. So what did you guys think about it? Did you, I know, Eric, I know you watched it. I watched it. I stayed up till three. Um, it was <laughs> great. Such a blessing. I felt. Uh, at three know, o'clock last night. Like Saturday night, Saturday night into Sunday morning. Um, nice. It was good. It was a good visual presentation. Um, you know, very entertaining. There was a lot happening on the stage. Um, a lot of celebrities that I saw and gave their applaud to her. Um, but it was great. It was a great capture. I what felt. was probably one of your favorite performances? Jeez, uh, I want to say "Crazy in Love." She had to get mixed with Jay Z's yeah. song, and um, I just it felt very cultural. Did Jay Z um, come so. out? He did. He did. He did. Okay, I was gonna say. Vu. I thought I saw yep. something on there, and I yep. was like, "Did Jay Z come out too?" Yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. Destiny's Child reunion. Yeah. Ooh, yes. I'm excited for her tour. I'm yeah. going to that. So. Oh, that's excited. gonna be amazing. Yeah, I bought tickets for it too. Yep. I'm super excited for it. Wheeler, you you're a Beyonce fan. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I. <laughs> I can't say I'm a huge Beyonce fan. I do uh, appreciate Beyonce yeah. uh, when she comes on the radio or if someone someone plays her. But I was not up till 3 a.m. watching Beyonce. Uh, but I might need to check it out if I can watch it online. I'm sure I can. What okay. I thought was really interesting, and as I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed, like all of these influencers I follow were at Coachella. Like yes. if you were any influencer, you were at Coachella. Right. It was it was crazy. So, which is kind of a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about, which is influencer marketing. We've talked about it on other podcasts about how to market and use influencers, but what we're going to change it up a little bit with this one is, Eric, you actually do influencer marketing, um, well, as an influencer on Instagram. (laughs) So I want to talk about it and kind of interview you as as the influencer perspective. Okay. So like as any brands or people who are listening today can hear like, what do influencers like? What do they want to reach out, be reached out to about so they can kind of develop that more personal relationship with them? Awesome. Sounds good. So I guess to start, um, let's talk about some of the brands that you've um, posted about and yeah. collaborated yeah. with. And we'll start from there. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I worked across, I, I feel like, all brand categories. Um, but some one that has been most appealing to me um, is probably Willie Made out in Portland. Um, there's a lot of new exciting things happening currently. Um, that I'm a part of, um, that I'll speak to uh, in a little bit. But Willie Made, um, I've done Sunglass Warehouse, um, Great Plains is a watch company. Um, 
I'm also working with Paul Evans, which is a brand uh, for shoes. Oh, um, cool. High end. Uh, I've also, if you guys watch The Bachelor, working with Daniel George on custom shirts. What? So That's it's, awesome. It's, it's, it's a great uh, way to get, uh, I guess, free product and <laughs> kind of promote it if you have uh, a high base in, in fans. Um, but, yeah, it's some of the projects I've worked in. So, okay, at first you should probably give a shout-out to what's your Instagram handle. Oh, yes. Please follow me at Eric Sanchez. <laughs> Got to build up that following. On Instagram or Snapchat. So. And why is it Eric Sanchez? Um, what's the story? It actually happened in college where my name, you know, for whatever reason, just became Irk. Um, <laughs> and it became a thing. I remember we were talking about uh, Instagram and it being such a new thing. And then all of a sudden, like... You know, I created an account and thought that I could take it somewhere, and I did. Um, so that's where I'm at now. That's awesome. So, so Irk Sanchez, check him out. How do you spell Irk? It's U-R-K-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. Okay. So I kept my last name, nickname in the beginning. So Nice. And then how did you, I mean, you kind of mentioned, you know, getting into influencer marketing. How, it, you were just like, yep, this is something I want to do. Did you, like, focus on it or just start, start kind of happening? Um, so it all started with Valley Fair. Um, they were one of my very first clients that I worked with and, um, I didn't really think much of it. I mean, I think maybe I had like 2000 followers at, at the time that I worked with them. Um, but they were trying to, you know, campaign their Valley Scream, um, event happening in October. Um, and so they reached out, um, you know, gave me the details. Um, they asked how much I would pay and, or how much they would pay me and what I would charge and stuff. And, um, I gave him a base price and, you know, it, it worked and kind of continued on after that. So, um, yeah. So as you've grown your, your client roster, have you increased your prices then based on your following? It depends on the project. So sometimes I'll be fine with like getting a product and not worrying about payment. Um, if they ask for a little bit more than, um, than just a regular post, adding it to my story or adding it to other social channels, then, you know, the price goes up. But as far as, you know, being an influencer, I kind of tend to just keep it on Instagram, whereas that's where I have my most followings. Um, I tweet every once in a while. Uh, Snapchat, you know, I'm a fair user, I would say. Um, But Instagram is my favorite platform. And then how did you build up your following? I mean, obviously you're a big photographer, Mm -hmm. so that has a lot to do specifically with Instagram. Um, How did you grow your following on there? Like, what are some tactics that people listening could use? Yeah, so what I do um, is, you know, I'm into photography. I'm into landscaping. I'm into just being an urban explorer, I guess. Um, But some of the things that I do is I uh, change my hashtags um, so that they're not the same every single time. I'll tag other, like, um, social media profiles that have large followings because then other people will see that when they're tagged. Um, I'll tag brands. I'll add locations to it. Um, things that can give me more exposure. Um, even with stories, you know, when you add a city or you add a hashtag, people can see it and view your story. And then if it's interesting, they'll add you. Um, so that's some of the things that, that I try to, to do. Do you ever like, is there ever like two, th- a thing as like too many hashtags? Uh, well, Instagram limits you to 30. So, <laughs> so do you um, do the full 30 then? I do the full 30. Um, sometimes I'll include it in my title. Sometimes I'll throw it on the comments. Um, I don't think there's a limit to what you can use. A lot of, a lot of people do get annoyed and will like DM me or like comment, but I'll delete their comments if they say something. Um, but yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. So if you want to build your profile, then do what you got to do. So. 
And then as far as some of the brands that you're working with, I mean, you mentioned some like the custom t-shirts and Willie made, like what, what type of collaborations is everyone that you're working with different? Or is it kind of like, Hey, here's kind of what my look is. Here's what I'm going to do with your product. What does that relationship look like? Yeah. So I think it all depends on your profile. Um, and what the brand wants, wants itself. Um, with Willie made, um, you know, they're, they look for just regular photos, but I tried to do something different that, you know, they don't have on their Instagram account. Um, so it just kind of varies on, on, on kind of what you want to do. Um, you know, I follow other influencers, so I'm able to feed off with what they do and post on their page. Um, I try to keep it consistent with what I already have. Um, so just making the visual better and uh, presenting it in a better way um, for whoever follows me. So, And then I know like with um, on Hubbard's side here, we like work with a lot of influencers for clients that we have as well. And one thing that a lot of influencers are starting to do now is send us media kits. Do mm-hmm. you have a media kit? Can you kind of explain like to the audience who maybe doesn't know what that is, like what that looks like? Yeah, so there are def- definitely different types of media kits. Um, I think everything just depends on if you're working with an agency or if you're not, um, just on what the client asks. Um, based on your followers, their location, what their ages are. Um, my media kit, I don't technically have like a visual presentation of it. I just include what they want to hear. Um, so sometimes it's giving them access to you know, my Instagram account so that they can look at my insights, so that they can look at my engagement. Um, I'm part of an agency where um, clients are able to look at my engagement rates and look at you know my different likes, my different comments, my different just anything that entails to instagram in itself so and so when you talk about like agencies and they have these like platforms that monitor all of that is i mean the typical user or business listening probably would they be able to get access to those platforms or how does that work i think so um i think for for when i work with um so i work with apex um and when they work with a client they shoot them over that information Ideally, they don't go into my Instagram and look at all my insights and, you know, my whatever I post. Um, The agency itself does that. So the agency then goes back and reports to the client. And if for whatever reason they they don't like it, then I won't work with that client anymore. Um, Or if they feel like it just wasn't a right fit with them, um, it it stops there. Um, So, yeah. Have you ever said no to a client that Um, wanted something? Like, was every part you're like, nah, this is a little too weird <laughs> or, you know, just isn't up my alley? Yeah, no, the, definitely. I, I think when you begin, you just want to say yes to everything because it's free product or free money. Um, so there was a lot of times where I was saying yes, but there's times now where I'm just like, you know what? I don't have time to work with this brand again or I don't want to work with this brand because it doesn't fit my profile. Um, and because I worked with them in the past, they think that I would can want to continue. Um, so it, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, it's great because I've I feel like I myself am a brand, even though like a lot of people might think, well, you're not anyone who's famous or makes a lot of money. Uh, But I definitely feel like the way that my profile looks and what I'm trying to go for with that uh, in social media, I feel like I am. So So for the people listening who maybe want to become a social media influencer, what are some tactics to like make sure like to make sure that your brand looks a certain way online? Like what are some advice that you could give to them? Um, I definitely plan my, my posts out, um, you know, throughout the week, throughout the month. Um, I definitely know what I'm going to post next and, um, if it makes sense to post that, 
I think because I'm able to work with an agency, I'm able to see what future clients I'll have and what the timeline is for that. So then I'm able, if I'm posting something within landscaping or something that, you know, doesn't have to do with influencer marketing, it kind of makes sense. Um, so right now my profile is more lifestyle, um, and I'm trying to get more into fitness, but, um, at this moment, it just doesn't make sense to kind of mix the two. Um, so with that, I, I mean, it, it just kind of varies on, I don't know. <laughs> so would you say if you're like an influencer, like you should really just have your niche and stick with it, not try to be everywhere on everything? I think so. I think so. I think starting out, you definitely should. Um, I think as you grow and you develop more uh, in working with like different clients, you'll be able to you know expand and kind of get better and make your Instagram profile flow better. Um, but starting out, I definitely feel like you should stick to something that you're really interested and invested in and, and just kind of build off of that because other, other clients will definitely come for sure. And then as far as like brands reaching out to you, I mean, obviously there's agencies, there's tools out there that you can utilize that they can reach out to you through is DMing. Is that old school? Like, are you like, no, don't DM me? Uh, no, not at all. Um, one thing that I would recommend or, or to not do is post your phone number on there. Um, just because it just gets super annoying. Um, even with like, if brands aren't reaching you, other people will. You mean like in um, your bio? Yeah. So if, uh, well, if you have a business profile, you're able to put like email, oh, got it. Um, yep. phone number, whatever. Um, phone number is a big no, no. Um, but definitely DMS or email work. Um, that's the one that I get most common. Um, and I don't mind it. Um, I mean, right now I'm at like over 9,000 followers and I'll get like four DMS day so it's not a lot um something that's definitely manageable um but email i see a lot of emails come through um when working with brands do you recommend um having a having keeping your profile as a personal page or should you convert your profile to a business account if you're an influencer i think converting it uh is good because you're able to see and it kind of helps with like your media kit when providing that to um, agencies or clients or whoever you're working with Um, but switching it over to business profile gives you more in depth of who your followers are. Um, I know that I was working with, um, Oh, what's that company? It was a fitness company in Germany, Freeletics. And that was one company that I regret working with just because they were international. Um, so it was kind of hard to kind of negotiate everything that was happening. And, um, I wasn't happy with the outturn and how the outcome kind of came about. So, um, so yeah, so it just kind of varies on, on what you want so what would you say like if brands are looking for an influencer to work with like what are things that they can do to make it the most easiest possible you know situation for the influencers that they're working with um i think if if you know i mean if you worked with like other brands definitely know you like your price range um i wouldn't say to go crazy and start asking for an enormous amount of money um just because sometimes the product itself will speak as payment um with with what I've done, um, I'm able to just kind of look at, you know, the length of the project and what they really asked for me, and then I'm able to work off that. So, what would you say when you say like an enormous amount of money? Like, what's a range? Like when pe- when clients are looking, I mean, obviously it depends on the product. Like, if you're going to give me a three hundred dollar watch, that's enough where I don't need payment for. But what should brands be looking for? Is it do you base it on follower count? Is it engagement rate? Like, what is? how do you kind of compare those numbers? It's definitely different per brand, um, at least with what I've worked with. A lot of them is they just want their product on your page, and that's it. They don't care about, like, likes, engagements. I mean, that's important. But um, from what I've seen and from what I've experienced, a lot of them is 
just kind of happy to work with that influencer and and then see if it can continue. Um, As an influencer, I think it's important to kind of have a mixture between likes and engagements um, just because I don't know how you would be one if, you know, people aren't commenting on things or interested in in the things that you're wearing or things that you're posting. Um, So it it just kind of varies on the brand for sure. And I've seen a lot of influencers have like special promo codes like, Mm -hmm. hey, go to sigmabeauty.com slash, you know, whatever the influencer's name is for, you know, whatever. Um, is that something that you think is a good way to track? Do you do that with clients? What's the what's the best way with that? Yeah, no, that's definitely something that, you know, I feel like brands, if influencers have that option to, to go with, um, it's definitely trackable. It's something that clients can definitely, like, look into and, and look at the numbers to see if they're reaching the right audience. Um, I don't have access to, because I don't have 10,000 followers or more, um, I don't have access to the swipe up features and stuff like that. So I've used promo codes before, but it wasn't anything where, um, because my followers were so low, it wasn't a good outcome. Um, but I try to stay away from that um, just because I want to make the most out of this platform as much as I can. So I'll, I'll send them um, a negotiable rate um, and give them any insight that they need from my profile, whether that's going through the agency or just screenshots of um, stories with views and um, anything that they can look at. So so essentially when you're working with influencers, if you're a brand looking for influencers, everything's – it's pretty negotiable. Right. Yes. <laughs> There's no like hard, fast rule for mm-hmm. this is how much it is, this is what it's going to be. It's just talking to the influencer and figuring it out from there. Yeah. Um, the other question I have for you, too, because I know a lot of influencers got hit with this, is using using things like hashtag ad when they are promoting or hashtag sponsored. Mm-hmm. What have you seen with that? Are you using that? How are you kind of combating that? I feel like it just doesn't look as authentic. Yeah. Which is yeah. a bummer for brands. Yeah. No. It. To be honest, like the first time I heard about that, um, the FTC rule. Yep. is when I started working here. As an, <laughs> uh, being a part of, of the agency made me uh, look at influencer marketing in a different way. Um, I was able to learn a lot more than what I did know being an influencer. I don't use that personally, but I did ask my agency whether or not I should be using that going forward. They suggested with no. Um, the fact is because of my followers um, and that there's no real danger to how I'm kind of posting the content. Um, and I definitely feel like if you do have more than a thousand or a hundred thousand followers, it's something that you should be using. Um, but again, not every single post that I'm posting, I'm getting paid for. So it's ideally I'm just receiving a free product and, um, posting about it. So, um, yeah, I, w- I was going to say, I saw this really, I, can, um, I can't remember what ad it was, but I was scrolling through my feed, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this photo, and it was like super cute, and then all of a sudden I see an ad on it, and I was like, it didn't even look like an ad, mm-hmm. like I would have never known. Yeah. So I understand why they do that, because, right. you know, full disclosure, but it did kind of put like a, oh, it's an ad, oh, that's a bummer, and you keep kind of scrolling through your timeline. Yeah, but you got to think about it, like, a lot of these influencers working with that brand is because they love their style and they wouldn't post about it if it wasn't relevant to them so even though yeah it's a paid ad it's something that they would still wear or you know have on a daily basis so um even though you see that ad i don't think it's something that you know 
you should worry about. What um is there any advice you could give to businesses that they should know if they're starting if they're thinking about delving into influencer marketing? Yeah, no, definitely get to know know the person, know their style, know their profile. Um, don't be afraid to just kind of continue communication. You know, I I've been reached by you know different brands, and um, it's just one email, and then that's it. Um, they won't connect with you again. I think the the important thing is if you want to use them again is having ongoing relationship with them. Um, a lot of them, especially with Willie Made, they've really opened up and they're giving me their their cell phone numbers. They're giving me you know their address, where they're at, um, just emails and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so I, I think just kind of connecting with them, and doing that. So, and you had mentioned the very beginning, you were going to tell us a little bit more about, is it Willie Made or Wooly Made? Wooly Made. Wooly Made. Wooly Made. Got it. Out in Portland. What are they? What is it? Um, it's a leather wallet company, um, oh, okay. and they handcraft everything, and so it's all laser cut, and um, they're really strategic about the look and feel of their product, and um, it's they're doing something with, with um, I forgot what website it was, but... Um, they're creating a whole new campaign where they're able to make something for a certain unique style um, oh. for the users. So they're making it very user-friendly, and I'm excited to be a part of their launch happening cool. in April, um, oh. towards the end of April. So yeah. it's, it's, it's cool to see their intake and how they're their marketing style is with that. So we're going to get so. to see some posts in your feed then yeah. with that. <laughs> so awesome. that's coming up. I'm excited to so see I, it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Excellent. Well, we've covered a lot of different things, which is awesome. Um, I think this really helps because we've talked so much about influencer marketing, but just hearing it from the influencer's perspective mm-hmm. is nice because you always think you know how they want to work with you, right? but you don't know until you just kind of talk to them and, <laughs> and figure it out. Um, so this is really great. So thanks so much, Eric, for having uh, for being on here and kind of telling us a bit more about your side of the story. Um, if you guys have any questions about influencer marketing, feel free to tweet at us at Hubbard Interact, or you can course as always um follow us on instagram and slide to our dms at hubbard interactive and we will see you guys all next week the social feed is a production of hubbard interactive with music provided by minneapolis-based artist john atwell